Welcome to Reckoning of the Dead Radio. <laughs> With your hosts, the Ryan family, Matt, Evelyn, and Casey. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us again. This is your host, Matt Ryan, and I'm joined with my daughter, Eve. Hello. And my wife, Casey. Hello. Hello, both of you. And here we are. We're going to play episode two of The House of Rillier. I'm very excited. I'm excited, too. Yeah, yeah. We've been looking forward to this. We're here in the uh, palatial studios of Reckoning the Dead in uh, here in Ithaca, New York. It's fantastic here. <laughs> it looks a lot like a breakfast nook. It's like a cathedral. <laughs> yeah, well, and, it's yeah. little, and it's a little bit chilly, just like a cathedral. Yes, yeah. it, yes, it is. So, it, uh, so for this episode, we're all sitting in the breakfast nook in our sweaters. Because yes. it's a little cool today. But enough about us. Let's go back in time to those fog-shrouded days of Miskatonic University and the students therein. Specifically, our two favorite students, Gertie and Victoria. And what year is it, just to clarify? It's early 1922. It's January 18th. Uh, this whole case started just a couple of days ago. And now we find our favorite students, Gertie Jenkins and her roommate and best friend, Victoria Edwards. I don't know if they're best friends. But I know that you have your third roommate, Buffy Spangler, with you. Yes, we do. I'm coming around on Buffy. Yes. You're warming up to her? I'm warming up to Buffy. She's kind of a chain-smoking fiend with uh, blonde curls that bounce when she runs, but... Did you call that running? She runs from one cigarette to the next. Skips. (laughs) Okay, but now, last, if if I recall, and correct me if I'm wrong, I know you will, the three of you were sitting in uh, Gertie's borrowed car, borrowed from her family, right? Is it Uncle Ted's car? No, it's my car. You've got the license? It belonged to my dad, but it's my car now. No, okay, okay. So the three of you are sitting in your car and you've turned it over and it's idling and you're about to pull away when there's a tab at the window. What, what, what could that be? It's an undergraduate aged student, a woman, uh, brown hair, coat pulled up tight because it is, as we've already ascertained, Jan 18. Vicki, roll down the window, see what she wants. I'll start rolling down the window. So she's shivering a little bit. It's cold. It's a woman you don't recognize. Uh, maybe you recognize her. Why don't you both roll intelligence rolls? Tell me if you get a hard success. Hard again is half of your score. I got a hard success. You remember her. You saw her inside. Maybe she was with a group of, uh, talking with another group of students in the hallway. You are outside the uh, MFA, right? The Museum of Fine Arts. Is that That's right? That's correct. Yes. She says, she leans in and says to you, were you asking earlier about Ruth Hall and Helen Wilson? Yes, we were. We were asking about both of them. I don't know if you knew either one of them, but Ruth um, used to be our roommate, and we're a little bit worried about her. We're up at Miskatonic University. We've just come down for the day trying to figure out what happened to our dear friend. Did you know them? I didn't know Ruth well. 
I knew Helen better, but I knew Helen and Ruth had sparked up a friendship of late. Um, several of uh, several of us had seen the two of them together, and even though, as I said, we didn't know Ruth well, we knew Helen pretty well. I guess I'm a little bit confused. I didn't think there was a lot of overlap uh, that they would have really struck up that strong of a friendship, but I do know that Ruth had a couple of friends and was out shopping with them before she disappeared. If you didn't know them specifically, maybe you know some of their other friends and you could point us in the right direction. Well, I don't, as I said, I don't know Ruth very well. I know Helen better and I know the two of them were friends. Do you know how they became friends? Uh, no, but I suspect it's because they have that common interest. I mean, they're both a little... Dark? That's a good way to say it. I mean, Helen's a little... wild. Ruth, though we didn't know her, didn't come across that way. Okay. But they did seem to have similar interests. Yeah, Ruth was never wild when we knew her. No, they seem to have similar interests. Anyways, I, I don't know a lot. I just wanted to tell you about Helen. If you're looking, you know, I mean, if... If you think maybe the same thing that happened to Helen happened to Ruth, as a lot of the students here think. Uh, Helen, several of us would occasionally see Helen in deep conversation with sort of a, a heavy-set, well-dressed guy. Huh. Yeah, middle-aged, maybe in his 40s. Often we would see them around the museum together. That's interesting. I think that we've heard something along those lines. Uh, 40s or 50s. Well, that's what we heard. Yeah, he did. I mean, he was a great big guy. I mean, large, big shouldered, and kind of big barrel chested. How often did you see him? I know frequently they they they'd uh, sort of move through the museum together, and you know, talking about something. I mean, we all thought it was a relative or something. Did you happen to know a name, or did you overhear any of their conversations? Because we have no way of figuring who this gentleman is and we'd love to talk with him because we heard that he also um, I mean of Ruth um I uh I say to the girl mm-hmm. I say uh, Margaret Margaret my name's Margaret Margaret if there's anything else you know about this guy um we know that every I, one of our friends Josh said that he did see the three of them together Helen Ruth and this guy on one time interesting yeah Who's Josh? I don't know if we've met him. He's another one of the students. He's not here. Okay, well, Margaret, is there anything else that you can think of that would help us point us in the right direction? Anybody else that we should talk with? Uh, if I think of anybody, um, did you ever see them go anywhere? Just the museum. That's the only place we saw them all together. But look, here's my number. Do you have something to write on? I do. Do you have a little journal or a diary notebook? Yes, we do. And we can just write it right in here. Um, I've got this little notebook right here where I record the mileage of my car. So, oh, it's the, so it's Boston here. Exchange 729-438-462-724. Boston Exchange. This is not a phone number. Okay, gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Margaret takes off. Huh. Oh, the wind cuts right through the open window. It's cold. Vicky, Coming right did, off the ocean. Vicky, did, did 
Did I write this down right? Roll that window up, says Poppy. It's freezing back here. I've rolled the window. Does this jalapa have any heat? That's me rolling the window up. I told you, not a lot of heat in this car. Buffy, why don't you just snuggle down into that fur coat of yours and we'll, we'll be getting out soon for, so that you can have another cigarette. It's Gray Fox. Of course it is. It's it's a lovely coat, it's by gray, the way. Gray Fox? It's Gray yes. Fox. Oh, man. Ritzy. It's blush. I recognize that. I have a great, I have a gray fox. It's like the shampoo. I have a suave. A gray fox hat. All right, ladies. It's, I think, early afternoon. I can't remember if you had lunch or not. No, we haven't yet. Yes, we did. We stopped and had some chowder. Oh, that's right. Chowder. At a diner cafe. Um, So I think we should look for this guy, and I think we should look in the museum, because it seems like that's where he would hang out with people. So instead of going to the Boston Art Club, I should just turn off the car and we should go into the museum. Is that what you'd like to do? Uh, maybe. Well, okay. we should still go to the art club, but I think... We can go there on the way back to the Hall's house. I have a hunch that this guy was uh, meeting up with people and then sort of getting close with them and then doing something to them that makes them disappear. Wow. Wait, what's your hunch? Says Buffy. My hunch is that he this, was doing something to them. I don't know. Like, maybe he indoctrinates them into some sort of group that makes them not want to show up in social situations anymore. Maybe well, he like a group that cuts class. I want to be in that group. I don't think Buffy, it's like a group that cuts class. That I'm the Buffy. vice president of that group. You're so the president Buffy. of that group, you, Buffy. You, you are the group, Buffy. Okay, so let, let me just turn off the car and let's get out and uh, hustle over to the museum. Okay, do we have enough time for me to fire up a lucky strike? Yes, we do, but you better puff on it quick because it's awfully cold out here and I'm hustling over to the front entrance. Just smoke while you walk. They're supposed to make you walk quicker. Okay. I've heard they're good for your health. I've heard they're fantastic for your health. Doctor, four out of five doctors smoke Lucky Strikes. That's what I heard. That's actually... Maybe I should take a smoke. Who wouldn't? But you already are smoking. Every time we get out of the car with Buffy, you smoke another cigarette. Okay, well, look, because Buffy so has cigarettes. You, so why don't you light one up, and why don't you two... So the mu- so the museum is not in the same building no, as not. as the as the Museum of Fine Arts or the school. The, the Museum of Fine Arts is not in the same building as the school of the Museum of Fine Arts. I They're separate buildings. That. Yep. Okay. So you go into the museum, and again, uh, you probably have to pay some nominal stipend to get in and visit the museum. Well, we're students, and on this particular day, students do have free entrance. Yep, it's free for students. Free for students. We waltz right in. You do. And again, it's... Um, but when we first go in, there's usually a guard right there at the front desk. I would like to stop and ask him, um, tell him that we're visiting from Miskatonic University, mm-hmm. and explain that we're looking for a gentleman mm-hmm. who was a friend of ours, and we're going to describe him and see if this guy, if it rings any bells in this guy's head. Perfect. Okay. So your description is uh, describes a lot of people. Sure. And uh, the guard can't help you. And you know, he, he and he's friendly enough, and he's sincere enough, but he can't help you, and he hopes you can find his friend, find your friend. Okay. And I'm gonna ask him, uh, is there an area of the museum that specializes in 
paintings of the occult or the macabre? Uh, is there like a special exhibit room for that? That's an excellent, excellent question. That's an excellent question. Yep, that's an excellent question. There isn't. Um, you know, the, some of the paintings might fall within that sort of a thing, but let, um, I, I can't remember. We'll have to listen to last episode. I can't remember who they've got on display this week. Renoir. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's the Renoir. And Renoir is not a dark painter. It's not sort of like, the opposite, yeah. Like yeah, right. I was going to say, I wonder if they Well, they might. I mean, yeah, I'm sure they would have a few pieces. But no, to answer that question, no, there isn't. They don't have any of the... You no, know, there, there isn't... Um, an artist's hangings that... I do know that the MFA has uh, like a world-renowned Egypt section. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I asked directions on how to get there. There's probably placards inside the direct museum goers to the exhibit. So let's let's head there. They have, okay. they have a great, really great section, a couple of rooms devoted to it, and a lot of... Real artifacts that have since been replaced. So, so you can head there. Yep, and I think I mean, how long do you want to spend just sort of looking at the museum, searching the crowd? I think you know. I think for us right now, since it's getting on a little bit later on in the afternoon, and we have told the halls that we're going to be coming over for dinner, mm-hmm. and really we're not there specifically to look at the exhibits. We're really there more to look. At the other patrons, that that's our focus is not looking at the Egypt section so much as looking at things that might have appealed to Ruth, or looking at gentlemen that might be talking to students. We could also maybe talk to uh, this place. Uh, is it the same custodian as the school? I mean, he might have, uh, if this guy was snooping around, he might have seen something suspicious. Roberto? But we just left him over in the school. No, is it, a di- is it a different custodian than Roberto, or is it the same? Okay, so why don't we, why don't you both make um, spot hidden rolls for us? I make it. I make it. Are these regular successes? Regular success. Regular. Okay. So you spend an hour at least going through, looking mostly at the crowds and not at the people. You notice that there are different janitors, and you don't see the same janitor that you saw from the school. But you also notice that there are a lot of guys that fit the description, the thin description you have. Mm. Large, well-dressed. I don't think you have anything more than that at this point. So many people fit this description that you might start to get a little depressed. Go ahead and make sanity rolls. Now you're trying to get under your current sanity score. Oh, I, I, I succeed. I do not. Okay, Gertie, you lose one point of sanity as you realize that with this description alone, it's a needle in the haystack. We need something more. We certainly do. We need a picture or something. Maybe we should go to the art club. Okay. I'm getting tired anyway, and we really should be polite to our host and hostess since we told them that we would be there for dinner, and I do like to be punctual. Fair enough. 
so we will stop at the That's Boston right. Art Club on the way. I think we'll be spending the night tonight, girls, and maybe we can come back again tomorrow. That's okay, says Buffy. Yeah, I think it was Didn't Dorcas Hall said she had a roast in the oven? Yes, she did. She said she had a roast and some, uh, she said some vegetables on the side, so it would be very pleasant. Maybe with a nice glass of claret. What? Are we are we changing locations? Let's change locations. Okay. Do we see anything else on our way out? That no. I mean, you see everything else. You see everything that you would normally expect, but you don't see anything that gives you pause or second thought. Okay. The three of you climb into Gertie's car and drive several blocks to uh, the corner of Dartmouth and Newberry Streets, the location of the Boston Art Club. Okay. Again, this is a fine old stone building. Uh, it's got uh, three floors, and it's in one of the better parts of the city. So this definitely screams money. Money. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> let's, uh, let's There's a there. parking spot not too far away. Fantastic. It's metered. They had meters in the 20s? Well, I don't know. I don't Well, I've so. got change on me. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. I don't know. Should we make a credit score roll? No, please don't. Okay. You're outside the museum. The, no, you're outside the, the Boston Art Club. Okay. Um, I park the car and we get out. Do we see anyone? I mean, do we see anything noticeable? What you see is affluent people moving on the street it's it's I, I can't remember what day of the week we said it was a Tuesday or a Wednesday or something yeah okay yeah I think it was a Tuesday so it's midweek and um, and there are people uh, sort of uh, moving on the street you know pairs maybe man and a woman single person here and there maybe there's a woman walking her terrier okay uh well, but everyone is, is very well dressed. That makes sense for an art club. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Okay. There is no one at the moment going in or out of the club itself. Except for us. <laughs> Let's go. So the three of you, so shoulder to shoulder, walk up the wide wide sidewalk yep. to the marble steps. And up you go. And this that means very regal. Okay. And there are that mahogany doors there, brass knocker. I'm kind of hiding a little bit behind Buffy because she's got her blonde curls and her silver fox fur coat on. And I've just got a cloth coat on. So I'm trying to kind of put the money first. Mm-hmm. You know, the, mm-hmm, the privileged mm-hmm. rich kid in front of yeah. me. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Buffy, I think Buffy's probably used to going first. So... She might not even notice that you drop back. No, she doesn't. Are you kidding me? She doesn't notice anything. I could, I could have stayed in the car and she wouldn't have noticed. <laughs> uh, so, Victoria, you're leading the group. Okay. Um, when we get to the door, is mm-hmm. there any sort of sign that says, please knock? Or No, I don't think so. Okay, so I'll walk right But in. both of you can make, uh, as you get closer, you can make um, idea rolls. Let's do that. Which is your? It's, your, it's an intelligence roll. I thought it was education. No, it's it. Says, it says idea right now. I make it. I make it. You think it's a private club? So. Hmm. I'm sure it is. I mean, and it's got. A, most of the private clubs have a little brass placard right next to the front door that says private. Do we see that? Yes, you do. Then we say, 
Okay, Buffy. Perhaps you could go first. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I think we should uh, we should talk to someone. See if they uh, could potentially get us in, or they know how to how we could get ourselves in. Buffy says, talk to who? No. Yeah. I say we just knock. And I say, you do the talking. And okay. Buffy reaches over and knocks. Yeah. Okay. The door is open. By an immaculately dressed ostiary. This is a man probably in his 40s. He's balding. He's got a three-piece suit on, I think. No, that might be too much. Let's just put him in a jacket. A jacket and a bow tie. He opens the door and he says, May I help you? Please, come into the foyer. It is freezing outside. Oh, thank you. As we're walking in, I'll whisper to Gertie. What was the name of the uh, professor? Just drop Edward Waldo Forbes' name and tell him that he sent us to chat with people. Inside is a paneled room, richly appointed, end tables, different doors that uh, go into different areas, of, of naturally, as doors do. And um, maybe there's a coat rack. Or there's probably even, no, a coat uh, there's a coat room, so there's a door that's open, and you can tell that coats and wraps are hung in there. And the man says, how might I help you? Um, we were sent here by Edward Waldo Forbes to uh, ask some questions um, concerning someone who was a member of this club. Someone who was a member of this club? Or is a member of this club, I should say. Oh, who is that? Uh, he is a professor at the MFA, uh, Professor Davies. Are you talking about Jason Davies? Yes, Jason Davies. Jason Davies, the uh, more recent member. Yes. Who has gone missing a month ago. Yes, that member. According to the Globe. Yes. Um, we came. To he have... isn't here. Well, uh, forgive, forgive me, but I would assume he wasn't here, considering that he is missing. He is missing. Um, however... We were wondering uh, if we could talk to anybody who knew him well. Well, miss, it is a private club. I understand that, but this is a matter of urgency. I understand. it. It's a men's only private club. We have the women's parlor over there where we serve tea and biscuits. Could one of the men meet me in the women's parlor? Mm. Or perhaps here in the foyer. Perhaps in the foyer or out front, if that's better. Mm, he seems to be... We realize this is a, a little maybe, irregular. Maybe if I could, um... Greasy pocket? <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean make a donation? Perhaps I could make a donation. Make a credit roll. I succeed. Well, that's a sizable donation. I suppose there wouldn't be any harm in it. Who in particular would you like to talk to? Uh, because we don't know much about the man, I think I should leave the honor of choosing the person up to you, considering you likely know who he talked to most. Do you know, perhaps, uh, is Joseph Minot here? I think Mr. Minot is here. Would it be possible if you could ask him if he could come out and, and chat with mm. us? Please, why don't you repair to the parlor? Help Thank yourself. You so 
help yourself of the coffee and biscuit. Thank and you. I will see if Mr. Minot is available. Thank you so much. Um, uh, please, you can hang your coats in there. Oh, thank you, thank you. Buffy's already hanging her coat. I think this is sort of the society Buffy is from. So she knows sort of what to do. And she proceeds immediately into the parlor and uh, rushes to the coffee tray. Okay, I think I, uh, I don't rush, but I follow her. Oh, look, cream puffs. I do so like those. We can smoke in here. D- we can? I don't see. Do you see? Uh... Oh, you see ashtrays on little stands, glass ashtrays. There we go. All of them cleaned out. Sounds lovely. A little bit of coffee, cigarette. We're well on our way to adulthood. After a few minutes of eating biscuits and drinking coffee and watching Buffy smoke, the ostiary comes back in. Ladies, may I introduce Joseph Minot. And in walks a man, probably in his late 30s, uh, yeah, late 30s, with dark hair, slick back, parted in the middle, very fashionably cut, with wire rim spectacles. Let's put some spectacles on him. Is he slim? He is slim. Is he tall? He is a little over average height, yes. Um, so he's not our mystery guy. Ladies. No, uh, he doesn't say it like that. Ladies. I, I, I stand up. Joe Mino, nice to meet you. And he puts his hand out. Very nice to meet you. My mm-hmm. name is Gertie Jenkins. Ms. Jenkins. Pleasure. Miss. Pleasure. No, he, I think he would call you, right, Miss. Miss Jenkins. Ms. didn't come around to the 70s. I don't know when it came around. Miss Jenkins. Pleasure to meet you, sir. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk. I'm Buffy Spangler. Miss Spangler, it's a pleasure to meet you. Victoria Edwards. Miss Edwards, it's a pleasure to meet you. You as well. How can I help you? And uh, go ahead and make... Now, who has the lowest luck? 49. Okay, so you're going to make a luck roll for the party. Go ahead and make a luck roll. I make it. There are no other people in the room with you. So he sits down in a leather wingback chair motions to the leather couches nearby in the other leather chair and he says how can I help you? We sit down <clears throat> with our little cream puffs and our coffee mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, settle in. And you can see Buffy losing interest almost immediately. Uh, Mr. Momo, we were wondering Mino. Mr. Mino. It's quite alright. It's sorry. French. It's, it's I'm not French, but the name is French. I understand. Um, we were wondering if we could ask you some questions about uh, Jason Davies. Davies. Yes. That's what the ostiary said. That you wanted to talk about Jason Davies. Yes. It's a shame. Don't know where he could have gone to. Well, we don't either. That's why we're asking questions. He's only been a member for a couple of months. Did you know him at all? Well, you know, I knew his work, and I knew I knew him. I, you know, I had a cigar and a brandy with him here and there. Sure. Okay. Do you know uh, the sort of circles he ran in? Well. <clears throat> You know, uh, let's see, he was uh, an art professor, and he was a member here, although some of the other members would kind of snob him, call him a charity case, because uh, his membership, uh, someone else paid his membership dues and not himself. Do you happen to know who paid those membership dues? I know this is a little bit forward of me to ask. Uh, well, no, it's. I don't know if it's forward or not, but I do know who paid them. Um, Frank Thurber paid them. Another member, longtime friend. 
Frank Thurber. Yeah, Thurber. Yep, yep. You know, I think we have heard about Mr. Thurber. I mean, middle-aged, 40s, 50s, kind of heavy set, very well-dressed gentleman. Well, that describes half of us, but, you know, Frank is... He's an XXL, let's say. I think that's the gentleman that we were told about. Um, I should explain that we are here talking to you today about Jason Davies in connection with our friend, um, Miss Ruth Hall, who has also gone missing and she's a dear friend of ours and that's why we're down here asking these questions. And of course, we're also interested in um, Miss Helen Wilson's disappearance and we're staying with Mr. and Mrs. Hall and trying to help them out as best they can. As you know, they're quite distraught and, and just trying to get a sense of how they could be connected. We've heard that uh, Professor Davies knew both Miss Wilson and um, Ruthie. So we're trying to kind of backtrack a little, if you, if you will, and see if we can find the connection between them and uh, Mr. Thurber. Um, okay. Do you happen to know if there's any uh, connection between? I don't, Davis? well, I don't know the girls. I know that they were students at the school that um, Davies taught at. I mean, did he, did they take his class? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know the girls at all. Mostly it was just the, um, my connection is just with Davies, of course. And outside of the club, did you and Professor Davies um, journey out together perhaps for dinner or to any shows or certain areas of town? No, no. Mostly it was just about, I don't want to say club business, but mostly we talked about our, our common interests, art. and uh, we The times that I spent with him, I spent here. I, I'd never gone to his house. But then, I mean, there's several members. Was, you know, we this, this is our social connection here and, and our and the location of our gatherings. What else can you tell us about Frank Thurber? Well, I mean, he looks around the empty room and he says, you know, I don't know how to say this. Good old Frank's seen better days. I mean, a lot of us, I like Frank, don't get me wrong. I like Frank a lot. A lot of us know that his, his money's a little inherited. Well, a lot inherited. And that Frank by himself, uh, one wonders if he could rub two sticks together and get a spark. I'm being cruel. Frank's a nice guy, and I like him. I do wish he didn't drink as much. Seems to have gotten worse in the last, I don't know, last couple of months. I haven't really, he hasn't been coming around a lot. Um, has he been talking about what he's been up to? No. I mean, mostly just, I mean, it's been a while since I've seen him. You know, I haven't seen him probably in we're talking about Frank or Davies. Uh, Frank, I haven't Frank. seen in probably, you know, six, well, I don't know, three weeks maybe. It's hard to tell. So he hasn't been here at the Boston Art Club in about three weeks? Is that what you're saying? It's hard to know. His visits have trailed off. I haven't seen him in two or three weeks. That's probably more accurate. Because we had heard that he also visited the MFA frequently and we went there this afternoon to look for him, we realized it's quite a hopeless task because 
We don't have a picture of him. Do you know if there's a member board here that might have a photo of him? Or perhaps the ostiary might have a photo of him? Well, we don't have photos. I mean, the ostiary makes it his business to know all of the mem members by sight. Um, and he really is the full-time doorkeeper. So we don't have pictures. I mean... We've got his address, I'm sure, that uh, the address, his, his home addresses. The club has all of our home addresses, of course. But uh, I, the, the club's pretty private about that sort of a thing. Oh, we understand. It is, it's important to have discretion in, in those types of things. If there's anything else that you could think of... Um, I mean, maybe, you know, once uh, Thurber and Davies got along pretty well. I mean, they liked the same kind of art. And and Thurber liked Davies' work quite a bit. I mean, a lot of us did. I, I'm not crazy about the, the subject matter, but he's a very accomplished painter. What type of artist is he? Is, is it more of the uh, macabre type? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, the, macabre's a nice way to say it. It's dark and brooding and just sort of... I don't know. It left me feeling queasy. It's reminded me of um, that the uh, Richard Pickman that was an artist here for quite some time. And we didn't see any of the artwork of Professor Davies hung up in the school. Do you know where we might be able to see some of his artwork? Is there any of it hanging up here in the club, or do you know of some place where it might be displayed? Uh, yeah, there's some here. Come on, we'll go look. It'll be, you'll be my guests. It'll be fine. I'll show you some of his paintings. Thank that, you. That would be fantastic. Thanks so much. What are we doing? We're going to go look at some artwork, Buffy. Doesn't that sound fun? Yes. Okay, let's go. And before we go, uh, you know, you've been so helpful, I, I have to say, uh, Mr. Minot. But you mentioned Richard Pickman? Was he uh, an artist here in the that belonged to the club in the past or fairly recently? Um, probably maybe six months ago. Um, he was very talented, but his paintings were just disturbing, nearly nauseating. I mean, the, the graphic realism in his fantastic paintings was just too much. I mean, club members just couldn't take it. And, well, I don't know how to say this among young ladies, but he was a difficult man to deal with. What does that imply? He thought he was a very talented painter, and he thought very highly of himself. I know my head. He, he held his work above others, above all others. Doesn't sound that unusual in, in the art world, I have to admit. Well, every artist has that one artist who they look up to, who they aspire to be like, right? Sounds like he looked up to himself. He takes you through the club. <laughs> sounds lovely. All right, if the outside says money, the inside says money and privilege even more. 
So there are plush carpets and paneled walls and wide rooms and, and, and people idling around smoking cigars and having brandy here in the afternoon on a Wednesday. And there are paintings. So there's several galleries and, and, and um, the four of you weave through these different galleries until he takes you to a wall that has some of Davy's paintings hung on them. These paintings are, um, the paintings are rather moody, fantastic landscapes with these shadowy figures hanging out in the periphery and tendrils of purplish fog. This is Davy's art? This is Davy's art, yes. So they are, they're very good. The, the, I mean, and, and, and very competent. His craft in art is very high, and his imagination, imagination is just wild with some of these fantastic um, scenes that he's got painted here with some sort of... One has these quasi-human figures huddled around what looks like an altar, and they're doing something, although it's sort of hard to tell. It's left to the imagination of the viewer what these figures, these robed figures might be doing. Uh, they're very dark, with a lot of um, okra tones and hues. And... Hmm. Um, I mean, this is terrifying. Not terrifying, says, you know, Pikmin stuff would drive you to drink. Ha, huh. it did drive Thurber to drink. Although, I mean, it's not like he was an angel beforehand, but. It had an effect on Thurber? Well, this whole thing, I mean, Thurber's been drinking more and more. Um, you know, the, the whole Pikmin episode, Pikmin and Thurber were pretty good friends. Uh, in fact, the, when we revoked, the, when the club revoked Pikmin's membership, some of the members um, considered revoking Thurber's. But it's, you know, he's he's been a member for a long time, and he's got, including me, he's got some good friends here that spoke up for him. Mm. I see. Uh, what happened to Pikmin after he left? Do you have any idea? No, and I don't care to know. Okay. I know he was from a good family and all, but he did nothing but shame himself with those wretched renderings of monsters and mayhem. Just disgusting. I don't think I want to see those paintings. Pretty verbose, Mr. Minot. I don't think I want to see those. Well, we don't have any hanging in the gallery anymore, so you can't. Can't. You can't. You can't see it. It's mine. No, he would say can't with that upstate A accent that the, the keeper has. So <laughs> it sounds like um, it's getting later in the day. And yeah. it sounds like we've kind of we've been spending a little bit of time with Minot and he's been very helpful. And so I, I guess at this point what I'd like to say to him um is ask him or thank him for his help. Oh, of course. I mean, of course. Whatever I can do to help. You know, I, I, I hope Davies comes, he gets found, and I wouldn't want anything bad to happen to those two girls. Oh, look. Here are some of Thurber's other friends. Here's Dr. Reed. Him as an older man. Salt and pepper hair. A great big uh, woofing mustache. Oh, hello, Dr. Reed. Whoa! Dr. Wow, Reed. Dr. Reed, where are you from? <laughs> New England. And these are other friend of Thurber's. They are say? Dr. Reed, and 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 here's uh, Walter Elliot, and Alter. It's sort of a 
uh, sunken-cheeked, skinny guy, well-dressed. He's sitting there with his legs crossed, reading uh, today's edition of the Boston Globe. He folds it and puts it in his lap. Reading the financial section. Pleased to meet you, ladies. Uh, you as well. Oh, forgive me. And he stands up and introduces himself. Walter Elliott. And then um, Dr. Reed. Says, Dr. Reed. Well, Mr. Elliott and Dr. Reed, uh, very nice to meet both of you. And I'd like to explain what we're doing here. Uh, we're here with uh, Mr. Minot. He's been very helpful. And... We're down from Miskatonic University. We're graduate students up there. And we were asking a little bit more about Jason Davies um, because our friend Ruth Hall was one of the young women that disappeared. And so we're staying with her parents right now and just kind of trying to get a little bit of information about what seems to us a very confusing uh, situation. and. We were just well, looking at the artwork in here. This is quite fantastic. Uh, now, whose artwork is that that you were looking at? There's many, many artists are hung well, in here. Have you seen my work? Professor Davies is the art that we were just looking at. Just oh, yes. And uh, we, we had heard also that uh, Mr. Pickman used to have some art up here, but it sounds as if... Degenerate. I'm, I'm glad that we... The club should have burned it, says Dr. Reed. What happened to it instead? He took it, I guess. I don't know. Huh. Should have been, should have been torched. Disgusting. And so you're friends of Mr. Thurber's. Uh, Mr. Minot says he hasn't seen. Excuse me, ladies. I've got a, a, an afternoon engagement that I have to get to. It was a pleasure to meet you, says Doctor Reed. Oh. Uh, uh, okay. Well, thank you very much. It was, it was uh, very nice to meet you. And Please, says uh, Mr. Elliot. Let's sit down here. We don't have to have this conversation standing. Joe, where are your manners? And and uh, Joe Minot says, oh, I'm sorry. But yes, here, let's sit off in this alcove here. So we sit down. And when Dr. Reed leaves, do we have any sense that he's hustling off to avoid us? Or... Do we just have make to? make psychology rolls? You can both make psychology rolls. It's a good question. Bounced, failed. I failed. You don't know. Busy guy. Busy guy. He is a doctor. After all. Okay, yes. so we sit down. With of English. <laughs> <laughs> Who says <Kind> that? <laughs> no, I. So I don't know. He's probably a medical doctor. Okay, so so we sit down with. Uh, Mr. Elliot and Mr. Minot. He couldn't afford the dues if he was a doctor of English. I'm sorry to interrupt you. We've known Thurber for a long time, says Elliot. Wonderful chap. Too bad about the drinking. I mean, we all like a little pick-me-up, but his pick-me-ups are quite frequent. Oh, that's, that's too bad. Have you seen Mr. Thurber lately? Not lately. It's been two or three weeks. Do you know offhand if we wanted to talk with him where we would be able to find him i realize it's his address might be kind of private information but uh perhaps there's a, a nearby establishment that he might frequent not that i know of but i don't know uh frank's comings and goings i have a, a question yes do you know uh we know frank and 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 uh and jason were friends or, I'm sorry, Frank and, uh, and Mr. Davies. Um, but 
Do you know like what they did together? Did they ever socialize outside of the club? I don't know, but uh, I don't know that. I know they liked art together. I mean, we all liked uh, Jason's art. He's, he's quite good. Mm. Okay. I mean, is you know, it was a little on the dark side. Nothing like, uh, but it, no, it was good. Okay. Are there any paintings of Thurber's up here? I imagine at the Boston Art Club. No, I don't think he could hold it. I mean, his hand shakes so much. I'd, I'd shudder to see what he would do with a canvas and a wet brush. Have you ever seen him paint? No. I mean, no, 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 no. I think that this is sort of a, you know, a social connection of his family's and his that he's kept up. Although God knows how. I mean, his fortunes have slipped quite a bit. His fortunes have slipped and his drinking's increased. Ever since the end of that Pikmin episode. Is... Mr. Pickman still in town? Do you know? Oh, I would have. I would have no idea. I mean, the, when he the last time he darkened our doors was over uh, three months ago, maybe even four. And, and I, I hope to never see the man again. Um, I have a question about him. About who? Pickman. Yes. Um, what was there? Was there some sort of inciting event uh, that was worse than all the others that that enraged you to the point that you threw him out? Oh, it was just his... It, I mean, he, he thought he was better than any other artist that ever lived. And then, I mean, his art, while he was crafted, his art was nauseating. The subject matter was nauseating. I see. Hooved creatures eating children. I mean, who, who in their right mind would want to gaze upon that? And then to hear Thurber's stories about his hanging out with Pikmin. What kind of stories? Oh, just ridiculous fantasies. I really shouldn't go into it. Um, I think it could help us a lot. Look, I don't know the whole ins and outs. One night, Thurber came over and told me a wild tale of monsters running around in the old tunnels under the city. Utter rubbish. But he believed it. Well, he believed it, but if you want anything more, just ask the Boston Police Department. I mean, no doubt they will agree with me that it's just rubbish. I didn't even know that there were a lot of tunnels, uh, underground tunnels in Boston, but that does make sense. Oh, the smugglers' tunnels, says Joe Minow. Oh, yeah, yeah, back in the Revolutionary War, there were all kinds of pirates and revolutionaries, and they had tunnels all under the hills here. Lots of tunnels? Oh, lots of tunnels. I wonder how we could access and explore those tunnels. Are they open to the public? The two men are looking at you aghast. <laughs> As am I. You want us to explore the underground tunnels of Boston? Yes. The, I, I think it my would be dear, fascinating. My dear. You know, that the whole city and the architecture um, is fascinating to start with. But just think of some of the older buildings that might be down there in those tunnels. I'll bet you that I can see examples from previous generations in architecture. And if I could sketch some of those, they would be a wonderful part of my thesis. How about this? I'll make you this deal. Once we... Now remember you're having this conversation in with these other gentlemen there. Yeah. Once we figure this whole thing out, we can go into the tunnels and you can sketch. Both of you make psychology rolls. It. Me too. Uh, probably the wrong role to ask. Spot hidden when it done it, but don't roll again. Y you've overstayed your welcome. You can tell by the expression on both men's faces. I think that's okay. Um, I before before they throw us out, I say, um, "Well, 
I think it's probably time we should go. We have to make dinner plans. But thank you, both of you, for uh, answering our questions. We really appreciate all of the time that you spent and for showing us those paintings. Um, and I must say, I'm very happy that we did not have to look at any of Mr. Pickman's paintings. They sound quite horrible. And thank you for all that you've done for us this afternoon. Quite welcome. And, and um, they, they, they say proper goodbyes. Joe Mignon leads you back to the foyer and, and deposits you there under the Ostieri's care. And he says, ladies, thank you for visiting us today. Thank you very much, Mr. Mignon. It's been very helpful. And you, so he leaves. You're left with the Ostieri. If there's any last thing you want to say. I would like to ask him. I would like to say thank you again for letting us come in and have a little bit of coffee and for talking with the members um really quite a lovely club and the only question i have we're trying to locate mr frank thurber and we looked at the museum and we looked here we can't seem to find him and i have to be quite honest with you i don't know exactly what he looks like. Do you happen to have a photograph that he might be in? I know that sometimes clubs have, you know, a club photo of the members. Do you happen to have a picture of him anywhere that we could look at? Um, all right. Very good. Go ahead and make a fast talk roll. I do not make it. He says, ladies, it is time to leave. And I must insist, I would hate to have to call the authorities. Oh. And he yeah. opens the front door. And then hustles us right out. Uh, uh, well, good day, sir. And I... All right. And the three of you head to the car. And Buffy says, I need a cigarette. I'm, I storm outside and I say, Buffy, I need a cig. <laughs> All right. We've only got a few minutes left in the episode. Um, but we probably have enough time for you to have dinner with the Halls. Okay. And I think it's about that time. Okay. So. Because I have a couple of questions I wanted to ask them quickly. Sure. So uh, you don't have to be quick about it. Uh, um, Mrs. Hall has made beds for all three of you girls. Uh, two of you are actually going to stay in Ruth's room. And the third will stay on the, um, they've put a cot in the upstairs study. And the table is set. The roast is out. The vegetables are served. It smells delicious. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You're having lemonade, I think, with everything. And 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 um, uh, Manfred asks how your day's explorations went. Any closer to finding Ruthie? Well, I will say, Mr. Hall, it's been a long day, and we have talked with a lot of different people. I think we've made some progress. I hope that we make more progress tomorrow, but we have managed to not only visit the museum, but also the school, and we also went to the Boston Art Club and talked with a couple of folks there. Mm. And, um, I, I know she had a friend who shared her spooky interest at, girl, at the school, but I, I guess I presume that was the other girl that's that's gone missing a couple of weeks ago. I think that they were friends, certainly. Um, did Ruthie mention a name of her friend? 
at all. No, but she mentioned some other fella. Uh, somebody, uh, a patron of the museum, now that I think about it, that had seen some of her art and had actually said that he might buy one of her paintings, which thrilled her to no end. I mean, as you can quite imagine. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, I'm trying to think of his name, that guy. It was something like uh, Thornton or... Was it uh, Frank Thurber? Thurber! And, and he taps his nose. Thurber, Thurber! I think that was it. Well, we we were trying to track him down. I think it was uh, a little difficult, um, but we did talk with some people that knew him. We'll try and find him tomorrow, but evidently he's a man who drinks quite a bit. Well, that's illegal. Well, we understand that, and certainly we wouldn't be able to go into any establishment that Oh, he... it's, it's, it's prohibition, so there aren't any establishments. Oh, there are any legal, legal establishments. establishments. Yes, yes. Yep, yep. All right. So, so Mr. Hall says, so, uh, you're, of course, you're going to stay here this evening. What are you, what are you girls planning on doing in the morning? Well, I think we should go talk to the Boston Police Department, finally figure out what they know about all of this. Don't you think? An excellent idea. All right. <clears throat> and we're going to close this session with the girls eating dinner with the Halls, thinking about where they will go in the morning. Thanks for listening to this episode of Reckoning of the Dead Radio and our special edition of The House of Ryan Plays the House of Rillier. Call of Cthulhu is a trademark of Chaosium Inc., and is used with permission under Chaosium's fan materials policy. The Call of Cthulhu role-playing game and the House of Rillier are property of Chaosium Inc. For more information about Chaosium's fine products, please visit www.chaosium.com. We'd like to say a special hello to Casey's sisters, Chilton, Robin, and Vicky. This episode of The Ryans and Rillier was recorded in the Reckoning of the Dead studio, located in Ithaca, New York. We are the Ryans, Matt, Casey, and Eve. This episode was engineered by Matt and edited by Eve. Jimmy McKee provided technical support. We hope you enjoyed this episode and will tune in for more. Please send any questions and or comments to reckonthedead at gmail.com. We Ryans hope you stay healthy, treat your neighbors well, and that all your percentile die roll Zero one.